Welcome to the Silicon Slopes Life Podcast. I'm Andrew Diaz, and each month I bring you the heartwarming, interesting, and fun stories from the people that make the Silicon Slopes community a place to call home. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us again with the Silicon Slopes Podcast. This interview is really good today. It, it, we talked to Peter Glon of Timberline Middle School. And uh, I don't know about you, but I, I've never really had the opportunity to sit down and talk to a principal unless I was in trouble when I was a kid. Uh, so it was fun to be on the other side of it this time as a parent and really got to see how much he cares about the education your kids are getting here in, in the Alpine School District and also how he wants to be the place where he's developing the best teachers in the district. So it was really a really good sit down with him. We talked about being an intentional learner. Uh, we talked about the importance of free play and and maybe trying to reestablish some some more recess time, which I, I'm a big supporter of, um, and personal responsibility of uh, uh, growing that within our students um, and, and our children and, and, and how we can go about doing that. Um, also, we talked about um, a little bit about social media and cell phone use for the middle school age group and how that's affecting our youth. And we discussed that on the 22nd of January, and that's just next week, at Timpanogos High School. In the, in the podcast, we talked about, it, it was supposed to be at uh, Timberline, where uh, this gentleman, uh, Karchner, was going to come. Chris, Chris Karchner? I'll have to look at that. Um, where he was going to come and discuss uh, that very topic, and it was supposed to be at Timberline. So we talk about it in the podcast, but just recently um, it was found out that he double booked himself. So they're opening it up, up for everybody um, January 22nd at 7 o'clock at Timpanogos High School in Orem. <laughs> anyway, please give it a listen. Uh, I hope you enjoy it and keep on coming back. That's the secret of education, in my opinion. Yes. Treat, I'm glad you said that, because it is, if you, no matter the age, if you just treat them humanely, and then they respect you, that you're respecting them that way, all of a sudden, you have, you have engagement. You have full engagement. I have my, oh, we have commitments that we talk about. It's like, one of them is like, respect everyone always. Yeah. Just, just, so yeah. is that, uh, that's one of, one we'll, of the, we'll, we'll pop no, no, that, well, we that's, we're going, we're going. We're so going. that's, okay, cool. that's one of the questions I have for you is, uh, what are some, what are like three things? Do you have some basic tenets that you think of when you're coming to work every day that you're like, these are, these are things that I want to make sure that I'm doing as an educator and that all of my teachers are doing and all of my administration's doing that I focus on every, like every day that maybe turns into an overall overarching yeah. thing? Is there, are there some basic tenets that you well, think of? There has to be because there's a million scenarios that come up mm -hmm. in school. And so I think there are, um, well, we, I, I got the whole faculty and staff together and because I think one way mm -hmm. and it's like, why, why do I believe this? Why, why, what have I, consumed that makes me have these thoughts about mm -hmm. um, education. One of them is, so I, I realized 
I read a lot, mm-hmm. and and I try to, you know, I look up things to, what what are great schools doing, and so I tried to share all these things with everybody. Um, so one day I assigned out different readings for different groups, and had them write down the big ideas of all of these readings for your different teaching groups. Yeah, like the yeah. science department, yeah. math department, that kind of everybody. Thing? Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know this is a process. I there's nothing worse than getting. A huge faculty together and trying to make a, a, a decision yeah it's I, I do mostly everything in small groups um, that's smart but and, and that gives everyone a more voice mm-hmm. um, but we came up with these big ideas because first we had to figure out what our purpose was and that was just that to that our why it, that a quality education makes your life better it makes mm-hmm. my life better it makes your life better it makes everyone's life better um, and so our job is to ensure quality education for everyone. So that what, as we went through these big ideas, that kind of came through five. You say three, but... Okay. Yeah, five I was just... Five's good. So that, and, and those are, we, we call them our vision statements. This is what we want to become. Ooh, I like that vision statement. Yeah. So one is um, great schools are always trying to learn. They're trying to make the adults in the building better. So when that happens... That it, it's contagious for mm-hmm. the students. So our first vision is that we want to be the premier training ground for educators. We want to be the place where you come to learn how to be good at being a teacher mm-hmm. um, or good at being an administrator. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that comes a lot of things. I can give you the five things and then you, yeah. know, you can ask yeah. questions. No, please. Second one, we want to guarantee instruction that is effective and engaging for students. Um, it's a vision statement because we, so far, um, not, all, not all of our instruction is effective and engaging for students. We want to make it relevant to them. And also, you know, it, there's, there's, there's things that have to happen for your instruction to be engaging. Relationships need to be right there. The rigor needs to be at the right spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to be able to get to that point. So let me, let me pause you on that one in particular. Do you get any, um, do you get any kickback on the, the rigor to use your word in regards to what is, what the expectation of the board of education is? Do you have, is there, yeah. I mean, there's got to be a, a line to walk there a little bit, I would imagine. It's funny that you mentioned that. I don't feel any kind of top pressure. Oh, that's good to which know. Which is really cool. I think that at least the morale in Alpine School District is very good. Mm. I, they, they try to create some systemness about some things, but it's really site-based. Mm. And I feel a ton of autonomy from those. So there's plenty of autonomy there. Okay. And so that way... Because if it were top down, it's hard to get my teachers around and say, "What what are we about?" You know. What are we, yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm glad we're about that. But the district this says this. It's what they want us yeah. to do. <laughs> so luckily, they're saying, "Hey, you lead your school." Um, they give us trainings. Like a, a lot of that information that I fed them is things that I got from the district. Yeah. That said, "Hey, this is what great schools are doing." Okay. Um, and so you're seeing a change, not only just. 
you're saying how you're reading books on how other how other grade schools are working, but are I mean it sounds like you're seeing a change not only locally but nationwide almost about how grade schools are are starting to adjust to the new economy yeah, of, of what where our young adults are going to be in the in the future. Yes, there's there's a Gallup poll, and this is this has been true for the last twenty plus years mm -hmm. that. Um, people will, will ask, um, how do you think the schools are faring in the nation? And people will say, ah, not great. I mean, really not great. Now this doesn't matter where they are. Uh, this is wherever you're going, mm -hmm. or wherever you take this poll, that's Everybody's, your answer. Yeah. And then the question is, well, how about your state? Well, better, better than the nation. <laughs> But, and everybody uh, has every the same state. answer. And then, well, what about what about your local school in in your area? Oh, we we have a great school. <laughs> and this is something. That's why politicians are able to use that. Yeah. Um, so much as like we got to fix the schools, and because, I mean, a politician is running on change, right? Right. And so that's kind of going to be the buzzword. I'm going to do something about the problem. And I'm not saying there's not problems in school. Yeah. And I wouldn't have become a principal if I thought, I'm going to go into this field where everything's going perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so there's plenty to do. But I do think that, I mean, I, that a lot of schools are getting better nationally, um, even statewide. And because I've visited a lot of schools. I've visited schools all around mm -hmm. the world, even. Um, but good things are happening. Uh, not all schools are created equal, though. Yeah. And that's... Or funded equally, for that matter. Right. Yeah. Um, but I'm not, I'm not one to complain about my funding either. And I, usually when teachers come to me and say, hey, I have this need, mm -hmm. um, we, we'd love to fundraise for it. Um, I'm like, well, I, we have the money. Let's I'll yeah. just pay for it. You know, there's so I love having we have the support of our community as far as hey, how can I help? We have a lot of people that say that. Yeah. And and help. But I'm rarely saying no to teachers for needs. And you know, that was my experience when I was teaching in LA Unified yeah. actually. You would think LA Unified, it's enormous. Yeah. But with my administrators in wherever I was, uh I felt very similar. I, I felt like the, the, the administrators were open to looking for answers rather than a quick no. Yeah. And, and probably it's, that's because they trusted you too. I mean, yeah. I, there are some teachers where I'm like, yeah, whatever you <laughs> want. <laughs> like, I, I want to make you happy. Yeah. Um, but, um, no, I, I think that if there's a problem in the school, it's because I'm, I'm, having a hard time changing hearts and minds. Mm. It's not necessarily because I don't have the funds to do it. There are some things where I'm like, it'd be nice to have some more support here in special ed or something like that. But it's mostly the, the, the difficult job of a principal is changing hearts and minds of adults. Oh, wow. So that they can change the hearts and minds of Just children. To, yeah. Well, you know, that uh, it teaches me a lot about who you are as a person, that statement right there, because you took personal responsibility in how everything it's it's a top-down thing right oh we're getting a little <laughs> yeah 
We're in a school. <laughs> There's no question about it. We're in a school. You're going to get some uh, intercom learning. They could be the most interested kid in yep. English or, or art. And if you have somebody who's not engaged, they're out. Forget about it. Yeah. You can know all the things in the world. Right. So the, the engagement, it's always going to be a, a people Math business. teachers are kind of, they're, they're becoming unicorns because it's difficult to have, um, and they exist, I promise. There's people with some really great people skills that, mm-hmm. that are also very analytical and can teach really difficult math concepts. But I, I really, when, when we're hiring, and that's... That's the that's the influence of the principal. That's probably our biggest influence is who we bring into the school. Yeah. Um, I want to know if you like students. Yeah. Like that. And there's there's questions that I have that kind of tips me off to that. Yeah. Um, what are they? Very much. Give me one. <laughs> Just give me one. Um, <laughs> why are you here? Like why why did you want to become a teacher? Oh yeah. That's to me, and a lot of people will just go off. I'm like, well. Here's what um, science did for me. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. What, what, what about kids? What yeah, is that, yeah, is yeah. that a part of your? Do you connect? <laughs> Summer you know, vacation you, isn't what you're looking yeah. for. <laughs> well, I, June, July, and August. That's why I became. A you know what, man? Three when that reasons. bell rings at three o'clock, I'm out of here, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that's more, and that's more the exception than the rule. Uh, but those those exist too. Yeah, and, and sometimes you're like, what? You clearly do not like children. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, so that's the job. Is And sometimes you hire some people like that, you know, unbeknownst to you. And sometimes yeah. you have very few choices and you just pick the lesser of two evils. But um, And that's horrible because I'm a big, I'm kind of a recruiter when it comes to teaching. Like, it's nice to be able to just go out and go, this is a great thing that's yeah. happening here. And we really, that's why I wanted to become a training ground for teachers because I, we're starting to get this reputation. We're like, oh, good things are happening at Timberland. You should go there. You're definitely getting that reputation. It, it, just as a, a parent that has a student here, when I tell other parents, you know, you have the conversation, oh, how old are your kids? Where do they go to school? And when I say, oh, my eldest goes to Timberline, oh, like it, it's an instant conversation oh, already. So yeah. um, what, what you're focused on is working. Uh, it, is, it is absolutely working. And, and that's not only here in Alpine, it, it's conversation I have, conversations I'm having with people that live in other cities that are in the Silicon Slopes area where they're, they know about you. So that's gotta be a good thing. But like, I mean, you're, you're, and what's exciting is being four years in, what's going to start transitioning over to, and I think you're probably already seeing it, into the high schools that they're transitioning over into and soon to be, um, you know, one of the things about about our area here is people tend to move back because they enjoyed their experience, right? Yeah. And so, you know, you, you're young yet, but you're you're on your way to starting to see eventually the the the, the children of the students that you yeah were, that were here before, you know, and that's that's an, that makes you feel great. It is awesome. <laughs> it's really good. It's and here's the thing. T- being an educator is, can be a grind, but it's so validating if you're if you're doing it right. I mean, yeah. you're just saying those nice things. I appreciate that. I, I really do. The kids are very validating as well. Yeah. And and they will. They'll they'll let you know. It can be hard sometimes. There there can be moments, but honestly, if you're if you're having success and they like school, it makes your job more fun. Yeah. And, and more meaningful. You're motivated. You're motivated in the morning when you get up. 
yeah, to absolutely. get to work. And that's to, to me, that's how I think. I think on the along the lines of the experience that the kids are having. I, I try to see things through mm-hmm. their lens because it's different from uh, not just schools, but any organization. Sometimes after a while, it it turns into serving the people who are working there instead of serving the um, students. their purpose. Yeah. And and the students are our reason for why we exist. Yeah. What are some things that you'd like to see more attention paid within the walls of your school? Like where do you where where are some weak spots where you go, you know, here's something I'd like to see us be a little bit more sharp with. Something we're working on is and I do a I do a student survey that is so thorough and it speaks in kid language it's like um, and, and basically we get data on how 40 students are feeling about one particular teacher at one point in the year mm-hmm. so that's a, I mean you think oh that's just one class but that's 40 points of date like where you know how are how is this teacher perceived by mm-hmm. the students um, and then and then ask questions about their experience within within the school um, whether they feel safe, or whether they have friends, or you know if they trust people, or um, the kind of their social emotional um, state. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I found was our, our teachers have a, our our students have a lot of trust in the teachers. Actually, they our teachers rate higher than students to student. Mm. And I thought that was kind of surprising. Um, and so what I want to work on is I want, I want students to love coming to school because of other students. So how do you do that? Um, we're trying to teach, we're trying to teach those kind of things because what, from your schooling, um, I'm guessing, I mean, from mine, one of the greatest things I took out of my schooling was my friends and my relationships and how you treat people and um, you know some of the intangibles some of the things that you couldn't turn in on a worksheet like whether they're being where the the four things that we've used are respect responsible um, resourceful and brave uh, we want them to be able to have those four things and you can you gotta be to be kind takes some courage yes um, especially in a junior high. Uh, so I, right now we're kind of focusing on how do we, how do we transfer those soft skills, these skills that will benefit not only them in their careers, but in their relationships, um, beyond school, um, that will make the world better, you know? Mm. So that, that's one thing that we're working on. I want, like when I look back on the classes that I really loved, yeah, the teacher had a lot to do with creating an environment where I felt this bond with the entire class. Mm. Um, not sure yet how to go about that, but we're trying. We're trying new things, and we're um, we're working on creating that. And that's to me, um, you know, given if when you're in a higher uh, socioeconomic area people don't, they, they live kind of far away from each other 
I mean, even their acreage is a little bigger. Even if they're next it's, door. They don't really need to borrow a cup of sugar. They're emotionally, <laughs> yeah, they're emotionally far away from emotionally each other. Emotionally far away. Yeah. Um, and, you know, sometimes the, the parents are, are busy. And, I, you know, I would say that every parent is busy at every social sure. economic um, place. But it's, it's connections. It's definitely, a, that's the word. It's, it's a connection and the, um, the interconnection of, of how they work, not only uh, in the walls of your school, but how they do it outside of school too, yeah. and, and how that exists. And what part do you see um, schools not having the extracurricular activities that used to be available to us playing in that role? So when... When I was younger, you had, uh, you know, sports were more available to everybody, and we're seeing across the board and throughout the nation that that's not that's not the case anymore. A, There's a have and have nots occurring within within extracurricular activities. Yeah, um, I know that Timberline here has some really great clubs. Uh, do you feel like the engagement in those is where you'd like to see it, or is there some things that maybe You'd like to see more involvement in that. That's that's what's difficult because we do have some after school clubs that have um, that allow kids to go to. I don't know if we're capturing all the students that we need. There's there's so many kids here that have private lessons for yeah. musical instruments. There are several students here that have um, conditioning. They they have a conditioning coach. Could you imagine in junior high? Could you? It's a real thing. Because it's a it's a very competitive atmosphere, and in many cases these kids have real chances for, you know, scholarships in that way, and in many cases they don't. Um, but it's it's hard because you know I'm a I'm a dad too, and I'm I'm thinking about missing. Out. I'm six five, you know, and mm-hmm. I was pretty good at basketball, but I missed out on some opportunities because um, my parents weren't didn't have the social capital to make that work. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, they didn't know about AAU. Yeah. They didn't. I didn't even know about that. There was like a basketball conditioning class that you could take. There's, so there's a lot of ways that we aren't reaching every kid. Is but in athletic athletics has become more of a financial. Uh, there's, like, there's there's hoops as an administrator that you're that you're having to go through that didn't exist before. Well, um, and and that a that being one of them. And also something that I never dealt with, uh, um, cell phones weren't, they were just starting to become a thing when I left teaching. That's how old I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but So those are some things that you're having to deal with. Those are some challenges you're having to deal with that um, I think people would be interested in knowing, like, are there, I mean, have you sat down with your 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 teachers? Have you had those discussions? Are those, are is it a teacher to teacher um, decision on how they're dealing with that or is that something that you sit down and go guys this is how we're going to deal with social media this is how we're going to deal with cell phones that is a I mean when you talk about the psychology of a young student I mean athletics is one thing and that's they're going to figure that out yeah but everybody is dealing with cell phones especially in a neighborhood and we and I think it's indicative of um, you know the elephant in the room is uh, the Silicon Slopes area has a very high nationally suicide rate. And I think what no one's talking about is 
they've been dealing with social media and cell phones because we're in a a, a, a more affluent area yeah. a lot longer than most others. And if you look at the statistics, suicide rate is very, very high in more affluent areas right now nationally. I think that there's some connectedness there with, or, or correlation there with cell phone usage, social media, and this age group. Yeah, and there's, there's enough um, data to confirm what you just said. Um, there's something called the SHARP survey that they've been giving out since for several years in the district. And it's just checking, it's, it's something that's given to uh, students every year. Um, and it's, it checks drug use, whether the kids, it's, it's anonymous, like, mm-hmm. hey, are you using marijuana? Are you, like, do you know if your um, friends are having sex right now? So th- those very personal questions. Mm-hmm. Um, are you depressed? Have you have you considered committing suicide? Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll see as social media has become a thing, it has spiked uh, these questions about it's like a ramp. depression. <laughs> it's like, it's, it is. It's a yeah. ramp. Um, yes, clearly something that's. And I think the pend, pendulum on that is almost coming back. I see a lot of more self monitoring right now. I mean, it is crazy. I. If you go out to lunch, you'll, it drives me crazy. Kids will be sitting next to each other and just staring at their phone. It's sad, and you know that that's not going to help them, you know, connect with anybody. Um, but they're doing it to connect. And I think that's going to be your biggest. But I think that's your biggest. Yeah. What you were talking about earlier about wanting to come here because your friends are here at school yeah. and, and and having that experience. That's got to be one of one of the bigger hurdles to get over. Well, when you were a kid, you probably went to like a dance and that's where you met people there was meeting places yeah because if you didn't meet somewhere then you'd all have to be home and you just have to be lucky enough to answer the phone they were on the, yeah right <laughs> you, if you didn't get them yeah. right you rode your bike a mile to go see if they yes. were home and if they you know. now there's not really meeting places i mean it's there less kids are applying for driver's license at 16 there's there's all kinds of things that show that I'm not going to go to the game because, you know, I'm not. Or or you see where your friends are hanging out. Like, how many times did you have no idea what was going on? Yeah. What your friends were doing. And you're just like, well, you didn't even think about it. Yeah. Like, now you see it. Yeah. So we, we actually have a presenter. He's a local guy, Colin Karchner. He's been going around the country. He'll talk about um, what the nice thing is he's not saying, throw away your phones. I mean, that's, that's like saying no more driving vehicles. Um, but he is saying this is what it's doing. Um, to he'll, he'll show the research that's been done. Um, you, you'll be shocked at the amount of hours, screen time hours. The average screen time hours for a, for a child is just unreal. Um, I think it's like nine and a half a day. A day? Yeah. And you know what? I'm like, no, that can't be. Oh. Then I then I kind of looked at my own phone and I was like, at, I was at like two and a half hours on my own phone. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm not on the phone that much, but I'm looking at emails and things like that. And you know, yeah, it's not a phone anymore. I mean, that's no. the, the fact of the matter. And I think, what well, I mean, I'm not trying to beat my chest, but I don't. M- my kids don't have phones. 
and and she won't have a phone my oldest won't have a phone until probably after high school because it's not necessary well it's that's going to give them an amazing advantage <laughs> well there there will <laughs> you know there will be a, there the fear is and and <laughs> um even within my own family, my brother, all of his kids have phones, right? So you have we have different parts of, of the argument, and his his concern as well. Uh, and he's a single parent, you know, split split parent. So I understand that. And his argument is that they, if I want them to be able to get a hold of me when my, they yeah, they have to, I want to know where they're at. There's new technologies. I mean, they have a watch now that will call three phone numbers, and text three right. phone numbers, and it has GPS. So if if I I will likely move into that, but that doesn't have anything on it that's yeah. not going to keep their head looking into a screen. All well, day and long. then how did your parents know where you were? Um, they didn't. I know. They and you know my so, <laughs> my wife and I talk about that all the time. It's like yeah, like you know the lights went out. Yeah. You got home because dinner was on the table. You know, and 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 that built community too because. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Sissel up the road knew where I was. The Martinez's knew if I was skating with Derek that I had to get, you know what I yeah. mean? It's like, hey, boys, you guys better get started going. No matter how far yeah. out we were, that was your that was your neighborhood, you know? Well, the, the, what's interesting is the, if you were to track, um, if you were to kind of put a perimeter around wh- how far out your children went from your house, it would probably be, It'd be lucky if it were half as far as you used to go. It, I mean, it, that would be that would be extensive. Yeah, it's probably a tenth of as yeah, far. As yeah, yeah. Crime has gone down since you've been a kid. Did you know this? Oh, I know. That's the thing. I mean, everybody's so afraid <laughs> as parents. We it be, and social media is part of this, and yep. the news cycle is part of yes. this. It's it's such fear mongering about what's going on in our communities. But the reality is, it is a safer yeah. time in the United yeah. States than it's ever been. Yep, my kids <laughs> like my my son went to Baskin Robbins. It's kind of a far, kind of far from my house, and it was such a adventure for him he's like yeah, yeah we went we walked all the way down there and, da, da, da. and i thought we used to do that every day it was like yeah. okay yeah dallin's big thing is dad can i go to daylight donuts from our house you know daylight yeah. donuts in alpine at the point of and you know it's and, and admittedly i was scared at first yep. i was like oh, I know. well let's see what friends are you going with yeah Take, you, take mom's you know phone about, with you. Do you know about cars crossing the road? Yeah, there are cars that cross. <laughs> you must watch out for cars. And yeah, she's 12. Like, come on, man. I know. I look back and I'm like, where was I? What was I doing? And part of you, that part of that is the reason why we're thinking what we were doing. But that, you know, we, but, but that we, we survived. And we have to give, I think, we have to give our kids, especially the junior high age, more autonomy, more um, self-play. Are there things? Are there things you're doing? And in, in and I know it's difficult in junior high, but are are there things you're doing where there's more self learning and more self play still for for kids this age? I know there's more of an elementary grade uh, oh, but that's, argument that I have. Like, why why is it why at seventh grade do they come and there's no recess? Sometimes I'm like, what are we doing? Yeah, you know, it drives me. <laughs> it's those these are things that I feel guilty about. So I'm glad we're on the co- podcast about it. Yeah. Um, well, for one. This is the first time for many of these kids that they are uh, finding their own place to eat lunch. Yeah. Because elementary schools have now started to say, and it it really minimizes their issues, Mm -hmm. is you will sit with your class. If you want, if you forgot your thing, raise your hand and we'll let you. 
it's so there's so much structure and kids come to junior high and they're like I love this this is awesome I mean for some kids it's horrible though I've got to pick <laughs> who my friend is I'm going to set up my phone in front of me and I'm just going to watch something and I won't look like a loner I'll look like I'm choosing mm-hmm. um, so it's a crutch in some ways the phone and it's also you know freedom is it's it's hard to give people then they go to high school and they're just like what I can I can just do whatever I want with my time like well no you there's a time you have to be in class but but so we I, I think we kind of gradually you know allow for some freedom but no we're still we still if adults like as much control as possible mm-hmm. and um, I understand there there's reasons that's that's one thing I came from a high school so I've had to learn what bothers people and what helps kids and kind of balance mm-hmm. you know that um, but what what's wrong what would be wrong with recess what would be wrong with just some free play from some free play and junior uh, high can be a cruel time can it well so some things that are wrong you know what though, that, it's okay. that, it's like, you need to, uh, that's part of the human condition we need to grow up learning I think there's a lot of students out there that have no boundary one way or the other and that what that does is that affects their overall confidence levels. Yes. So they're either overconfident in their abilities or they're underconfident yes. in their abilities. And when you are in a situation where that gets checked and you allow for a social, um, that social experiment to occur naturally mm-hmm. with safety and guidelines, yes. but you don't need to overdo it. I think, I mean, when I was a kid, we had one or two per- people out there in the courtyard that like, if, I mean, I remember in the fifth grade getting body slammed by a sixth grader. And I thought I was pretty special because I was talking to a sixth grade girl and all of his friends went, yeah, you need to go check yeah. Diaz over yeah, there. The, yeah, that's the check. That's the social I check. got body slammed on the asphalt. And, you know, the, the teacher said, hey, go to the principal's office. You guys are done, right? Yeah. And that's all that was needed. That's all that was needed. I got educated. That boy yep. got educated. And thanks we for saying educated because <laughs> that's what we do. Yeah, like we that and people say. Oh, I mean, when they hear that I'm a junior high principal, it's almost like I told them that I'm a ward in a warden for juveniles. It's not. No, I'm not the warden for some kind of prison. Like we we're trying to teach these kids all the time. Yeah. So they think we're, you know, I'm always doing discipline. I'm always like, well, no, I'm all like when we are working with kids, we're always educating them. Yeah. Like, okay. Well, why do you think that they reacted like that? Um, and the problem is is. You know, when kids figure this out on themselves, they earn this new tool. It's like, okay, yeah, I I managed through my life. When when it's taken care of them by a parent, that's where anxiety comes in. So later on, you know, when these things happen and you're an adult, happening, and they're happening, you you don't know what to do because now it's weird when your parent steps in. I'm 17. I have my parents take care of this. I'm going to avoid it and I'm not going to go. Yeah. Or I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna show up. There's a there's there's a mis um, understanding of how people are in, in affluent areas. My parents are phenomenal. Like a lot of them have this kind of way of doing things. Every now and then, I, I had a teacher come to me like, "Man, parents are rough this time." I've heard, I've heard of this parent going to this teacher and and this parent went to another teacher. I'm like, "Have you heard anything else?" No. I said, how many students do we have? 
1,400. <laughs> that was two parents. Yeah. What's the percentages <laughs> yeah. of that? So pretty good, pretty good turn. Right. And, and a lot of the, and I don't want to discourage parents to go to the teachers because there's, there's a refinement that comes from be, being a teacher at Timberline. Like if you're doing something that's kind of whack, there's like we were talking about, someone's going to check you. Yeah. And so what happens is they, and trust me, that's, that's the hard part about being a principal is when you know, you're, you find out a teacher's doing something just bizarre and, the, you know, and the parent's completely right. Yeah. And you're like, okay, uh, listen, I know your job's hard. <laughs> Let's work on this. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it does. That, I think that is one of the advantages of having a very highly involved clientele is that it's a refiner's fire. And, you know, people either don't make it or they find out, like, here's what I got to do. Yeah. And they improve. Okay. Is there anything else going on at school that um, that you're excited about and that you're looking forward to, um, you know, developing with the kids and, and with your your uh, the, the entire, you know, teacher pool and, and your administrators that, that's happening that, um, that you've implemented this year that you're pretty pumped about? Um, I, I, we still have our three more vision statements. Okay. We continually make adjustments so that all students learn at high levels because everyone learns at different mm-hmm. places, different times. So we just have to make adjustments. Yeah. You know? some, some kids need more time, and we've been doing that. Um, and then we use assessments to inform our decisions and to keep students invested in the learning process. Grading is a funky thing. Yeah. Um, and it's, 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 it's always been judgmental by nature, but really it should be a form of communicating. Like, this is what you know now. This is what you need to know. Just like you were saying, like, your daughter came back with that score. Her teacher was like, hey, let's come back and see yeah. how we can change Shouldn't that. be a punishment yeah. uh, kind of judgment thing, yeah. more of a... Here's what yeah. we can work on. Yeah, we're not here to select the best students. We're here to develop everyone. Here. That's a really good point of view. We're yeah. not here to we're, we're not here to select. We're here to any, develop. Any test could sort out the, the students who mm-hmm. are good at that. So that's that that's something that I've always tried to instill. In we're not selectors. We're developers. That's good. And then um, we want to maintain a welcoming environment, supports learning and growth. And that that's when I was talking about like just treat people kids like people students and that's one of the things about Timberline that I think everybody sees as a as a beacon which is to a teacher to an administrator the people at the front desk everybody that works here they are about the students first and Mm -hmm. they are about the what you just said with the last vision statement which is keeping the environment positive and 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 open and communicative and that allows the kids then to develop that education and be a part of mm-hmm. the education and engage in their own education, yeah. which is always going to be a better experience. Yeah. It's it's a garden yeah. that you just need to cultivate. And well, you're doing a great job cultivating this garden, <laughs> and I'm really glad we got to talk. And uh, everybody needs to, um, you know, if you wanted to stop by and say hi to, to Mr. Glon, he's always available. And uh, come and check out uh, their musical theater program there and then when is the 20 uh the the gentleman that's 22nd. on the 22nd who was seven it? o'clock colin karchner auditorium okay um 
yeah, it's free uh, even if, bring your kids. Bring every even if you're at an elementary school here in the in the area, uh, it's it's important to know about how phone how social media cell phone usage. If you've ever wondered anything about the statistics of how it's affecting them, the real the actual real effects, not just something you might have heard in the news. Um, stop on by and, and, and it also gives suggestions of what kids need, what they really need. I love that. It's so beautiful. I'm looking forward to that. I'll, I'll make sure to get this uh, edited and posted probably sooner than I thought, just because I think it's important for them to hear that kind of a thing. And um, so, uh, cool, man. Thanks so much. This is great. I appreciate it. We'll do it again if you want. Yeah, I would definitely love that. For any questions or comments on the podcast, please email me at andrew at siliconslopeslife.com. Also, if there's somebody you know that I should interview for the podcast, please email me and let me know.